Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Force Code, the podcast that started out as Drew and JB talking about Star Wars, and it has now become us talking about whatever we feel like. I'm here tonight with JB. How are you feeling? Yeah, I think our, our podcast name is a little misleading now. Yeah, no, it is, but who cares? We're fine. Yeah, who, who the fuck cares? We talk about what we want to talk about. And I think what we want to talk about right now is uh, movies. The sequels Am being shit. Oh, uh, so close. <laughs> we were only 17 seconds in there. We could have made it hey, further, new, but you know what? It's a new record. It is a new record. It's been a couple weeks since we've uh, been in the studio. but Yes, sir. Here we are, man. We finally made it back. We do have a bunch to talk about. A couple, couple big movie releases mm-hmm. we want to review. Um, obviously talk about Moon Knight a little bit because mm-hmm. we love Marvel. We're big nerds. Uh, talk about Lego Star Wars, of course. Because we're giant nerds. I've already, I've already registered, like, what, three or four days worth <laughs> of playing time on it. Um, Got to love it. Uh, what do you want to start off with? Some movie reviews? I think what we <coughs> should start off uh, first with is what is most fresh in your mind, which as of right now would be uh, The Northman, correct? Yeah, correct. How I, is that? So just for context, I have not seen it, but uh, you, you were pretty excited about it, and I've been pretty excited about it. What was your first impression? So I, I had a choice of I, I knew when I woke up this morning that I wanted to go go see a movie. Mm-hmm. And we've got some good choices in, in theaters right now. We got The Northman, obviously. We've got um, the new Nick Cage movie. Unbearable which, Talent. Uh, yeah, uh, that one, which I, I really want to see. Uh, massive Talent. Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Correct, yeah. Uh, Sonic 2. Um, and this new animated movie, The Bad Boys, I think it's called, which looks pretty entertaining. Uh, and I'm excited to watch the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, and I chose The Northman just mostly because it worked out time wise for me. Um, and I looked up the ratings beforehand, and I saw like I think it was 89 percent critics score and like a 68 percent audience score, mm-hmm. um, which isn't completely uncommon. And I I kind of went into the movie thinking like, oh, it's probably like a really well made movie, but maybe a little bit slow at parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't, I expected to enjoy it because I, I don't watch movies kind of just like, I, I like I, I love like slow burns. Mm-hmm. Like I love movies like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not in it for the action all the time. Um, and, and I, I came out of this movie really enjoying it. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. The acting was phenomenal. I think, uh, Alexander Skarsgård is the main guy. He cast was, he's the, crazy. The cast was unbelievable. Anya Taylor Joy, a um, couple others, uh, Ethan Hawke, Nicole I believe, Kidman. Yeah. Nicole Kidman. So I, I didn't really get what you were saying. So was it a slow burn or was it far more action? It um, was. It was slow, mm-hmm. and it was a little bit long. I will say, I think it was mm-hmm. two hours twenty minutes. Uh, there was a point uh, towards the end where I was like, "Damn, like this movie's got to end soon, or else I'm gonna like lose focus." Mm-hmm. Um, but that that after I watch movies, I, I ask myself questions. A uh, couple questions I ask are, um, did anything in the movie like take me out of it? Like was I was I drawn out of the movie at all? Yeah, break your uh, immersion. Yeah, and and that didn't happen. I was I was fully immersed immersed uh, throughout the whole movie. Um, the the story was really well written. It was super cohesive. Everything like connected to each other. Um, and you really felt drawn in by the characters, uh, especially Alexander Skarsgård. Mm. Um, but, and then the other question I asked myself is, is was it the correct length? And I think it was a little bit long. Um, although I don't know if they could have told the story like they did if it wasn't as long. Um, but just one more thing to add about this movie. Uh, it's, it's, it's a really entertaining movie about vengeance. And, uh, 
it, it's cool to just see like a simple concept be put into a movie like like oh my my uncle killed my dad i'm gonna do anything i can to kill my uncle mm. straight like, simple yeah. to the point yeah but i will say they did make it pretty complicated they added some spiritual stuff in it mm-hmm. and there were some scenes where you're like what the fuck am i watching like it was there were some scenes where it was just like a mess and I think they did a pretty good job at, at making sense of all of it. They they definitely added a strong spiritual aspect <laughs> to it. Like there's a lot of uh, religion talk in it as well. Um, mm. But they do connect it all really well. And I really enjoyed the movie. I, I definitely want to see it again. Um, so yeah, that's all I say. I definitely I definitely recommend it. Um, great watch. Watch it with Skelly. Skelly liked it too. So good things. Good things. Um, it's tough. Yeah. So I think that we both really want to talk about uh everything everywhere all at once oh yeah i i've been i, I feel like i i've been stopping myself from talking to you about this movie just for so a we while. could like just so have we it could, here yeah man uh, i you make me really want to see the northman and i think that i eventually will see it like i will get around to it if not in theaters a hundred percent streaming like, it's a great watch I, I think we're in a really great period right now where we are getting so many uh unique movies that are like non-franchise like right because like Definitely. a lot of uh, you know a, a very <coughs> valid critique of hollywood is especially with disney how much they pump into marvel and star wars ironically the reason we started this podcast yeah. uh, it, it just takes so much away from like other creative points in the industry and now the nick cage movie <coughs> this the yeah. northman everything everywhere all at once like it's just so uh it, it, it's nice to see that like that level of unique art is still there like we're not getting drained into the franchisation of everything exactly a lot of original ideas are being yep. pumped out this year which is mm-hmm. which is really refreshing and it's I, nice to know that originality still exists like that. <coughs> yeah I, the last I, I think it was what year did parasite come out 2019 2018 18 right that that year was absolutely loaded with movies original ideas oh, yeah. i loved that year and this this year is turning out to be something like that uh, you know we have we have the batman we have everything everywhere all at once we've got morbius <laughs> morbius <laughs> let's spend the whole podcast <laughs> talking about morbius i i have not seen it and i will not see it until it comes out on a streaming I've platform i've seen it uh i think 13 times but I might need to go for another ten just to make it a, a you know, Morbius dozen. Yeah, all of all of the box office revenue that they have received is from Drew Waldron. I it is insane to me that like th- it might be one of the first movies where a v- vast majority of its revenue is just like meme driven. Oh my god, it's amazing! Oh, it's Morbin time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. Oh, it's crazy I, how like the internet just all realize that like that movie is so terrible it's that, like, so it's funny so dude funny. it's hilarious and I, I guess a lot of it did come from like the sony because like they were fighting marvel a lot i know that you and i had talked about the example yeah. of like there was an actor from morbius who's like oh yeah morbius is part of the mcu because of <laughs> like how it ends yeah and which by the way is not true <laughs> given the release of morbius but like disney's lawyers hopped on that and mm-hmm. in the trailer they had a lot of references to like other spider-man universes like they had the daily bugle logo they had like pictures of toby Maguire spider-man like yeah. like pasted everywhere and they took every instance of that out like it is still not really known what universe it exists in but like yeah. i'd have to imagine that like if they took that much footage out of the trailers imagine how much footage they took out of the entire movie the Crazy. whole the whole movie's yeah. a mess and somehow it's finding success from it, it it's because it's more than like the <laughs> fact that it's so bad it's making more money than it would if it was good <laughs> which is awesome if i could do a hard uh, segue here uh i think that one of my favorite things uh that i picked up the last seven eight years of my life as i kind of fell out of religion was existentialism mm-hmm. i love existentialist based 
stories, like a lot of cosmic stuff, just big picture ideas about the human condition. And I think that everything, everywhere, all at once took so many of those great existential based ideas and put them to screen in the best way possible. And that's why I was sitting there just absolutely floored at the, as the movie was at, at its climax. What was your experience watching it? Because I was blown away almost for the entirety of it. Yeah. Um, a crazy yeah. segue, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, nothing to do with Morbius. Sorry, I just I really want to talk no, about this no, movie. No, I absolutely, I, I'm completely. I really with you. need to talk about this movie with you. Uh, I, the main thing that I needed to say about my experience watching this movie is when I when I think about like the greatest movie theater experiences that I've had, mm-hmm. I think of uh, I think of Avengers Endgame and Infinity War, obviously. Uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. Rogue One was a really good one too. Yep, it, it was always movies where the theater was absolutely packed, and the people watching it were very active watchers, mm-hmm. like very like like audible. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, like at, when the portals open, like everyone claps and cheers, like experiences like that. Mm-hmm. This movie, um, this this experience that I had watching this movie, there was four other people in the, in the movie theater. Mm -hmm. It was at 1 PM, I believe. (laughs) And I went to watch it by myself. And it is, I think the second greatest movie, (laughs) movie watching experience I've had in a movie theater, just because it was like, like I was completely zoned in (laughs) for the whole two hours and what, 10 minutes. Yeah. And it was, it's just such a good, like I, I would do anything to watch this movie for the first time again. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm going to I'm probably going to watch it this week again. I'm probably going to go to theaters and watch I, it again I just cuz it is it is such a beautiful movie. It is I I think I texted you afterwards and I I I think I had a pretty good quote. I said it's something like a beautiful shit show. <laughs> like it's it's yeah. it's such a well-made shit show of events and it all connects, it all makes sense. But it's just like like so many points where you're just like, what the fuck is going on? But like just the fact that they were to able to explore hundreds of ideas in the span of the movie, literally hundreds and hundreds. It, it, it was unreal. I remember uh, I went to go see it with Sam Reichelt, very very similar viewing experience to you, where there mm-hmm. might have been like like eight other people in the theater with us, and on the drive home, like I looked at him, I was like, hey, like. I, I, am I just like like overthinking this, or was that like one of the greatest movies that I've I, ever seen? And like we were both kind of floored, you know. I I left the the theater. It was obviously like very bright out, mm-hmm. like kind of kind of cold. I was like walking out, and I got in my car, sat down, and I took the biggest sigh because I was <laughs> like I was like out of breath by how like and I, I it's hard to explain. Yeah. It's so it, it was so hard to take everything in, but it was just like cuz there was uh, it was just insane. Mm-hmm. Like I I could not recommend this movie enough to anyone. I one of my one of my good friends Will Swart went to to go see it with his girlfriend and mm-hmm. he, and I and me and him uh, genuinely ge- generally have different movie tastes. Um he the Social Network is one of my favorite movies, and he he hated The Social Network. Yeah. So I I wasn't sure if he was gonna like this movie or not. And I said I'm like very excited for you when he told me, and and I was like please let me know like when you get out. And he texted me right after, and he was like wow that was like insane. <laughs> he was like for the first like 20, 30 minutes I was like like why the fuck did JB recommend this movie? Mm-hmm. 
and then it like started getting and into once it. it picks up yeah it started getting into it and he was like oh i totally see it now like this is awesome mm-hmm. um and i and i i can't see uh, I, like i would be shocked if if anyone didn't enjoy this movie like yeah, there's yeah. there's something to take out mm-hmm. of it like no matter who you are and I think it's just because it explores uh, like such, like I was saying earlier, such cosmic ideas, which, you know, the battle between uh, Evelyn and her daughter Joy is essentially nihilism versus whatever, whatever the opposite of nihilism is. Yeah. And I think just because it's like that, like intense of a conversation between them in hundreds of different scenarios, all expertly shot, expertly choreographed. It, it just blows you away. And what really blew me away was how good, uh, I think it's pronounced K-Hoi Kwan, uh, was the gentleman who played Waymond. The fact that he took off like 25 years from See, acting. It was like three, four decades. Yeah, he was so good. It's and the like, first it, movie he's been in At since. the beginning of the movie when he like, he's just playing like the original, like stereotypical, like wimpy version of Waymond where yeah. he's, it's, you know, I was like, oh, it's just this guy like, oh, he's doing all right for someone who hasn't acted. Yeah. And then he plays... 10 different versions was of awesome. Waymond expertly and you're he like oh awesome. like this is an actor this and is a fucking actor and he has a he has a background in in karate or some other form of fighting yeah. so he's like and and there's obviously a fighting aspect in this yeah. movie and he obviously knocks it out of the park the fanny um, pack scene too oh my god it's so good <laughs> like oh this is wow, an actor so good and, and you, what what's the uh uh fuck what's the girl in knives out lady in knives out lady which one the the I'm gonna have to look up the cast. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, who played the accountant. She was yeah. very, very as, good as in this Deidre. movie too. Which uh, no surprise to that, yeah. but obviously so good in it. Uh, I and I think one of the performances that really blew me away was James Hong. You know the guy. He, he's most notable. His most notable roles were uh, Poe the Panda's father in Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> and the guy, the guy at the Chinese restaurant in Seinfeld. Who did a Seinfeld party of four? Like that guy. Wow. Yeah. And like either, I, I saw some like thing on him a couple of years ago. How about like how any time there's like a, a role in Hollywood for like a Chinese man, like he like always got it. He has like hundreds and hundreds of acting roles in animation and live action. Oh yeah. He yeah. is 90, what in his early nineties. Yeah. This man is in his early nineties and he gave the performance of his yeah, life. He was unreal. Imagine doing your best work in film in your early nineties. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Right. It, like, cause he has been like in the industry since he was like 20. And yeah. he, he's doing his best work as a man in his early nineties. Yeah, That's, good for him. How insane is that? Yeah, it's uh, it's such a, it's a really good cast, yeah. and they're not all like like there's obviously some some really big names, but like like the girl who plays Joy, like not a big name at all. I think she yeah. I let's look at her acting friend. credits. Um, Stephanie Sue, she, marvelous Mrs. Maisel, a uh, couple other movies, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. A couple shows, I guess, but not a. Oh, she's in Shang Chi. I don't know. Oh, I guess she, I guess she she kind of has a has a bit of a resume going on. I but hadn't heard she of her, was, but she was pretty good. Yeah, she was very good. I um, like. I think what I love with this movie was the fact that, that like so many parts of it were just like blatantly ridiculous, but because they leaned into it so hard, because they committed to whatever weird thing they were doing, it worked. Like, yeah, it's great. Uh, the first it's example that comes to my mind is the the fight over the butt plug trophy. Like, just me saying that, that's such a weird concept, but they made it so intense that in the moment, you're not even thinking about how wild of a concept is. Like, you are in it. You're like, oh, 
these are the stakes. They're fighting over the butt plug trophy. Yeah. This is what happens if they each get one. Like, you're already so into it, and it's so climactic that you don't even <laughs> think about how ridiculous the, the, the concept is. Almost as ridiculous as the raccoon uh, ratatouille, which yeah. was one of my favorite, favorite parts. So many good different bits in this movie. <laughs> um, they, uh, they, I mean, it's like, it's a multiverse movie, so they... Yeah, they jump between like universes. Oh throughout yeah, the entire for people movie. for people who uh, why don't we do that for people who don't know anything about this movie? It is a movie about a Chinese family that is running a failing laundromat, and then the mother is given the ability to jump into a million different versions of herself across a million different universes. Yeah, I, I, the one thing about us is we love to talk about movies, yeah. but we are so like unorganized yes, when we talk about yes. it. Like it's a little alienating. Like I guess, we're but. we are completely not doing it for the listeners. No, at all. not like, at all. We this are, is for us. This is just a document. We are, this. we are totally just like talking about movies. <laughs> so I, I apologize if it's unfortunate for all okay. of you listeners. All of you what, three or four listeners? Yeah, all all, all of our, our single digits. We love shout, we love you all. Shout out Yunks, I know you're listening. Mm. Um shout out Tori, I know you're listening. <laughs> Let's just shout out like all of our listeners. <laughs> all of the listeners we know. Awesome. But, um, but yeah, it's multiverse movies, so they jump between a bunch of different universes, and there's one part part where uh, <laughs> everyone in the universe has hot dog fingers. Oh, and God. That, when we're talking about, like, <laughs> risks that they really, yeah. really yeah. committed to, that was a big one, because that could completely take you out of the movie. And I guess it kind of does in a sense, but that's why it's such a good movie-watching movie experience, yeah. because you're like, you're like, this is like hilarious and it's like completely ridiculous. And you're asking yourself, why the fuck did they choose to do this? And then it just like, it only adds to the end story. Mm-hmm. It, it only adds to the, like, I don't know, I guess something I just thought of, like the idea of that, like, even though like you're like totally different, like you can still find love. Like mm-hmm. you can still figure that part of life out. I don't know. I don't like getting deep like that, but. Of course, but if we are getting deep like that, I like the, the, the part of the movie that I think hit me the most was uh, the reality in which, uh, you know, by the way, of course, for our listeners, uh, the mother and father of the uh, family running the laundromat, like they have completely different lives in every single universe that they jump to. But what got me the most was the universe in which uh, Evelyn was a crazy action movie star and Waymond ran into her at a movie premiere. And they both escape into the alley, and they talk about. And she tells him that, like, "Hey, I'm living a million different lives right now." And his response was something along the lines of, "After being told that, like, in another reality, they run a failing laundromat and they just do taxes with each other." Uh, after being told that, Wayman says something along the lines of, "In another life, I would have loved to do laundry and taxes with you." And that part of the movie—that's what hit. Like, yeah. And that is like really the core of what the whole movie's about. Dude, much. Waymond is such a likable character. He in was this movie. so good. He's such. He's he's oh, just the man. perfect guy. Like I it's want unbelievable. Someone made an interesting point uh, that like, uh, you know, th- everyone wants the Indiana Jones uh, franchise to uh, you know die respectfully if Harrison Ford isn't going to do it. But someone yeah. made like a great point that like, hey, if this guy wants to be short round again at the like a forty five year old short round, like let him do it. Honestly, like no one's going to be mad at about it. At this point, after yeah. showing that he's capable of this, <laughs> he could do that in his sleep. There's some decisions <laughs> that it's like, is it the most realistic thing ever? Like, no. But like, is anyone going to be not yeah. ecstatic about it? Like, absolutely not. Like, everyone's going to love that. Absolutely. So just like do it. Hey, man, for all we know, he is in the new one. <laughs> yeah, honestly. That, yeah, yeah. that would be pretty cool. That would be awesome. He's yeah. He's back. Kehu Kwan. Kehoi Kwan. Kehoi Kwan. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but he is the man. Oh, and Michelle, how do you pronounce the last name? Yo, Yo? I think it's just Yo. Yo. 
unbelievable. Also, like, in, also in Shanghai. Yeah. Shangxi. Yeah, Shangxi. Um, yeah, she's unbelievable. I, my okay, concern about this movie. Yes. Is. I hope it holds up. I hope that by mm. the time the Oscars come around. And I know award shows don't really matter, but like it's obviously nice to see a movie that deserves. That you think deserves, yeah, yeah. deserves to win something, win something, and all that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I like there's a there's a thing that happens with movies that come around this this time. Mm. It's a weird time for a movie like this to come out. For it's not even a blockbuster. It's a really like I don't know, kind of I don't want to say low budget film, but like it feels like relatively low budget. It it feels like it could be a low budget film. but anyways, it, things, things happen where a movie that comes out this time sort of loses steam um, by the time Oscar season comes around and people start to forget about it and what happened. And I hope that doesn't happen because there are so many unbelievable performances in this movie. I, I mean, I, I haven't said this yet, but I think this movie is one of the best movies, if not the best movie to come out in like the last decade. Mm-hmm. I think it, it like for me, like it rivals from a bu- movie making standpoint, Parasite. Um, I think... I mean, they're both, like, just near-perfect films. Um, this one, probably, I would put below Parasite, just because uh, it it takes a ton of risks, and maybe one or two of them don't completely pay off. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, like, it's it's just such a good watch, and I will definitely, this is definitely a movie I will watch at least ten times. Mm-hmm. Like, And you, you think Parasite's more put together in that sense? Like, yeah. It just doesn't take you out I think of it it, I think much. Parasite's yeah. flawless. Like, mm-hmm. I just think it's so good. Um I, I obviously there's the 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 different language barrier um, uh, yeah. that people could know. get caught up in. That's, and that's not something I put in too much. Yeah. But, yeah, and and I mean for Parasite, if we're gonna talk about it. Like once you start watching it, like 15 minutes in, you you forget. Don't, you don't notice, and you I, forget. that's why I, I hate people who like like clearly if you don't want to watch something, like you don't have to. But yeah. like like people who use subtitles as a justification for yeah. like not don't use wanting it as an excuse. Get, like like if you you could just say like oh I have no interest in watching like international content. Like that's fine. Yeah. But like that's to yeah. you to use the reading subtitles as an excuse. Like I I just don't think there's that much legitimacy. If there. you if you sit down and give it twenty to thirty minutes, I promise you you will end up watching the you whole just, movie. You just forget. Because once once you realize what's going on <laughs> in that movie, once you get the plot, you're like wow this is really interesting, <laughs> and I I am. Completely, yeah, completely yeah. immersed. I mean, I gr- I grew up kind of like like feeling completely normal watching closed captions because I think I told you before. Growing up, my best friend was deaf, so like we would all yeah. just like throw captions on and like it just like kind of clicked. It, like and, so, and then yeah. I realized like oh like I'm I kind of need captions now because I'm used to it. Yeah, I mean, I I started. I'll be honest. I became yeah. a captions guy when I was watching Peaky Blinders because mm-hmm. Tom Hardy's character could not understand a th- oh, bro, fucking word. Yeah. yeah, could not understand a word that guy said. <laughs> it's, I mean, such a good S- accent. I mean, but similarly, like, uh, sorry. Yeah, saying? no, I yeah. just like I had to put subtitles on because yeah. I just didn't know what anything was going on. Similarly, I think I really became a subtitles watcher uh, for Game of Thrones because someone had told me before I started Game of Thrones, they're like, "Oh, watch with subtitles because then you'll get the names and the locations down." And like, I wish really I did important. that. Yeah, I wish and, I did. And that. like, it made all the difference. Like, I like knew all the names like immediately. I knew all the places. Like, it was such more. It was so much easier to understand the show as everything was happening. So I like I'm very glad I did that. Yeah, I I I my movie watching experience uh, got a lot better. Not movie, my viewing experience got a lot better when I did that for like Mandalorian and Boba Fett because yeah. um uh, like a new character gets like introduced and you're like oh who's this like this is so exciting and then you see Lady Bo Katan like like in the in the captions and you're like let's fucking go like that's sick mm. um 
So yeah, I do that all the time now. I'm definitely a captain's <laughs> guy. Uh, to bring it back to everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, what you you said that like there were a couple like like risks that took you out of the movie, like a little bit like the hot dog fingers, which like completely obvious one. We talked about the raccoon one. Were there any other ones that came to mind? Um, it it's a good question. I I'd say. Because I, I think uh, one of the most divisive ones I saw mm-hmm. uh, is probably the rock scene. Uh, for the, it's, I feel like it's not that big of a spoiler. Uh, yeah. For our viewers who may have not seen the movie, there is a scene in the movie, it is probably about three minutes long, where it's just two rocks having a conversation with each other through like subtitle dialogue on top of the screen. But you know, movie-wise, it's just a long shot of two rocks sitting on a cliff. And I saw a lot of people who said that, like, they thought that part was, like, totally dumb and it brought him out of it. And I saw some people who said that they thought it was the best scene in the entire movie. It's my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm with you on that. Side, when like, that movie, that it, it that was the greatest decision that yeah. they could have made. Because the whole movie is just absolute craziness. Yeah. And they bring you outside of that craziness to have this beautiful moment uh, just between stillness yeah. and they, they keep the, like, obviously there's a comedic aspect to that. Oh yeah. But it's such a beautiful moment. And like in retrospect, you're thinking of it and you're like, how is that beautiful? It's like two rocks, like just like talking with text. Like it's literally a meme. It's yeah, it, but it, it could be now and it, it probably will be. Like I, I, I kid you not. I was sitting by myself in the movie theater with three other people there and I was like crying very hard when that, part really? of the movie came up i was like i can't hold Man. it in like this is like this is so beautiful it happened like three different parts in the movie like i just couldn't hold it in mm-hmm. uh, completely understandable of course yeah. i i'm a i'm a i'm a movie yeah. crier for sure movies always get me i like there are I, i'm not a movie crier but like there's there's a million moments i could think of that like almost got me there like, yeah you know I'm, I'm not the biggest uh movie crier but like, what i thought was really interesting was the fact uh, do you know anything about like the directors of this movie? They call themselves the Daniels because their first name is both Daniels. Uh, no, I do not. Like I, I like read a post about like I, I think they just like posted like a big like open letter to like all their fans when the movie first came out, mm-hmm. and they talked about like like every step of the way of filming this movie, and like the more I learned about how this movie was made. Like, the more I'm blown away. And I, I don't even know that much, but, like, yeah. it was such a shoestring budget. Like, I think it was, like, 20, maybe 25 mil to make the entire movie. Like, they shot a wow. vast majority of it in, like, like two or three months. And they shot really almost the entirety of it in that, uh, uh, the tax building yeah. that, like, it, a lot of the movie takes place at. Yeah. Like they shot almost the entire movie in this one building. <laughs> That's it's crazy. That's just crazy because there are some scenes. It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like it because there are some scenes where I was like, oh, this like one shot must have taken a full day. Like, exactly. Like, one of those uh, shots that comes to mind is when uh, the super like God powered daughter first shows up mm-hmm. and has that like fight scene in the hallway. Yeah. Uh, with the security guard where she like pulls in like different things from different realities to like fuck them up. And like yeah. as that was happening, I was like, that had to take a full day to get that yeah. to get that forty seconds. That forty seconds probably took to finish it. I feel like, sorry, meowing. I feel like there's oh. there's so many like parts in this movie that require so much like CGI and stuff. And I I think I think they probably use practical effects for like a lot of it. Oh, they did. Oh. Um, which is awesome. I love practical effects. Actually, I, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I. <laughs> Their practical effects guy 
keeps on popping up uh, on my for you page on TikTok because he That's like funny. like with the movie gaining so much popularity, he's like posting like uh, it, it was the props master. Yeah, and he's like posting all the stuff he made. He's like, oh, this is how I made this uh, like little animatronic uh, raccoon. This is how I made uh, Deirdre's like, the animatronic stuff. raccoons. Awesome, and, and even like the fucking butt plug trophy he's like oh this is how i made this like i knew this was the design we're going for like i had these models and like he's just like breaking down everything and he's just like having a great time that's awesome. explaining how he made every key prop in the movie and you're like oh, that's a guy who loves what that's he awesome does. i their their post release marketing mm-hmm. has been so good for this oh, movie yes they're like they they're like uh releasing images of the people in the different universes like on Twitter, like yep. they're, they're advertising and marketing to get people to go see this movie is really good. They know it's something it. like as a marketing student, like it's something I appreciate because not a lot of movies <laughs> do that. I, <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to tie the conversation back to Morbius. Oh boy. But like, have you gotten any of the memes of how like bad Morbius's marketing was? No. Like, okay, so like, you know that there was like, there's like the whole TikTok trend with like the, the lady's voice who talks like this. Yeah. Like, like the text to voice speech. Yeah. Um, like their marketing team does not know what like young people on TikTok want to see. <laughs> so they just like had that like text to voice speech uh, read like a list of things. They're like, here are things you should know about Morbius. And, and like, I keep, I keep on telling you that they try to tie uh, his like Marvel roots back in. Yeah. So they could be like, Hey, you're watching a, a Marvel movie. Isn't that cool? <laughs> so like one of them is like, Morbius is a Marvel legend. It's just Morbius sh- needs blood to consume blood to live. It's just a shameless attempt. It to is, get but like like that, like sh- like that terrible TikTok ad that went around again. Like like they paid millions for these ads, probably. Yeah. And uh, like people like started recreating that ad. Yeah. Like in a like it, like different context. Like they keep on like upping like whatever like level of like irony it is. It's so funny, like how these people are taking that terrible Morbius hey. advertisement. Hey. Yeah. What if they made a terrible <laughs> ad on purpose Dude. to get all of these people to talk about it and name about it? I don't know. <laughs> I like hey, I, hey, I clearly that, that could be genius. Clearly, if right that's there. the case, then like it is probably one of the most genius marketing stunts <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. But I cannot in good faith assume that the smartest marketing team in the world belongs to Morbius. <laughs> that's Hey man, let's go back to everything everywhere all at once. Hey, I'm actually gonna say let's move on because I keep yawning. We're recording at it's 11:45 oh, yeah. right it now. Is, it is late. I had a big softball game. You had you had soccer. Yeah, we we've had plenty. Yeah, but we do have so we're, much we want to talk about. We're intramural D1 athletes. We are, dude. I'm we're a, not washed I'm, up. What are you talking I'm about? So washed up, man. <laughs> I'm in so much pain. That sucks. I it's, it's bad. Yeah, icy hot is flowing through our team pretty well. Yeah, it's. I need an ice bath so bad. Uh, at the time of recording, uh, it's, it is currently April 24th. We are four episodes into Moon Knight. What do you think so far? There's only two left. I I'm really enjoying it. I think it's. Uh, I think it's on par with a lot of the other Marvel shows that have come out. Yeah. Um. I I don't. I have a I have a I have an issue with with um the whole like Disney uh how do I say this they they Disney does this thing with with their big franchises where they they spend a lot of movie and time and thought into making movies and then they come out with several shows in between movies yeah um to further character development and and stories and plots and whatnot mm-hmm. and I think. 
my issue, and this is like, this isn't even about Moon Knight. This is just about like Star Wars shows and Marvel shows in general. Um, my issue is that I think they 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 don't put enough time and thought into these shows, um, and it's it's odd because it makes sense, like they shouldn't be. Yeah. But when you watch a Marvel Disney product, you expect top quality content, mm. and we don't get that. We get like. We get like B plus A minus stuff like at best with with these with these. I mean, Mandalorians. I I give that an A plus. I, I think but like I don't put like I, I in my mind as far as Marvel shows go, like Loki is top tier. Yeah, uh, everything else is like I yeah I couldn't really care about. Wandavision definitely had like the amazing start by choosing to do such a different form mm-hmm. of the show, but like e- even then, I feel like kind of had a you know predictable ending. Yeah, it's it just, just it, it just it just kind of toned down in quality, you know. I I agree. Loki was unbelievable, and I I'll I'll say this: Loki and Mandalorian. Um, when you, when you watch things, you kind of get it. You kind of get an idea of how much uh, money they pump into something. Yeah. And and Loki and Mandalorian look like expensive shows. Mm-hmm. Like they they look like they they really put some time and money into making this look high quality. Mm-hmm. And I don't get that with Moon Knight. Um, Definitely didn't get it with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I I mean, WandaVision wasn't it wasn't like a like a super high budget show to begin with. They didn't really need to do much with it. Yeah, but um, again, I I just enjoyed how different it was. But yeah, like e- even that only carried it so far. Yeah, no, I agree. But yeah. Book of Boba Fett, and we've talked about this. It was it just looked cheap for a lot of it. Um, it, it like I, the final episode. Like I I said this before, but I think we could have like college students could have done shit like that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Moon Knight, again, has a, has a, a cheap-ish vibe to it, but it's new and fresh, and I really enjoy it, and I will always, like, wake up Wednesday morning and be, like, super excited to watch it, it, because it's, it's a completely new idea in Marvel, and it's not, it's not interconnected with anything else, which I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. I like the idea that, that they're, they're kind of giving us something like totally different. Everything else is connected to Marvel, obviously, but this is like, and this will end up being connected, like without a doubt. Oh, for sure. But be, yeah. to begin with, like this is, it's, it's, it's nice. And I, and I, sorry to cut you off, yeah, Snow, no, of course, but course. one thing to add, I, I like the, the addition to like the Egyptian mythology. I think that's mm-hmm. really cool. And I know no, absolutely nothing about it. <laughs> I'm sure your research into the show as you probably know more than me. But uh, I, not, not as much it. as far as the Egyptians god gods go. But I, I don't know. Like to your point, like yes, I I am definitely happy that it's standalone. But I, I think that I was uh, talking to someone earlier about uh, the movie Eternals, mm-hmm. and I was thinking to myself like, oh, like this is Marvel's twenty fourth ish movie, like around there. Eternals is Marvel's twenty fourth movie, and it's the first Marvel movie to ever not feature a character that was already introduced. Yeah, because like they didn't want Eternals to stand on its own in some light. And yes, they mention different events that happen in the Marvel Universe there, but, like, even in, in Moon Knight, there, there's no mention outside the Marvel Universe, which I, like, enjoy to a degree, but as someone who, like, really enjoys the franchise, like, I, I think w- I do get so much more enjoyment from knowing where the connection is, and obviously we have two episodes left. I'm sure there's yeah. going to be something there. But, and, and to your other point about uh, the inclusion of the Egyptian gods, uh, Egyptian gods, 
it's interesting how expansive Marvel is getting and how your suspension of disbelief has to, you know, in, in this one universe, the, the Greek gods exist, the Nordic gods exist, the Egyptian gods exist. Yeah. There are several multiverses. There's a, uh, there's whatever Black Panther's God is. He <laughs> exists. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there is an afterlife that only the Wakandans are able to, to get to. Uh, yeah. the, like, again, there's just so much they have to like include there. It, it, it's kind of funny how much it's snowballed from the first couple movies. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it's awesome. Just and, thinking about that's crazy. And Marvel's done. Kevin Feige, they've done an unbelievable job at, at not, so much. at not overwhelming the audience with yeah. all of this new content, with all the new characters and trying to connect it. They've done so good with it. Yeah. But I don't know how good they're going to continue to do because like the Marvel universe is definitely snowballing. They seem to be going every direction. Like, mm-hmm. because I, I, I could right now think of, six major storylines that they're building to in different ways. Yeah. Whereas like, I, I keep on saying that Marvel will never ever be as good as the infinity saga. Like that was yeah. like one set done story from Iron Man to Endgame. That is one set done thing. And it seems like they're going every direction. Like, like the street level Avengers are doing something, the cosmic level of Marvel characters doing other yeah. things like that. But uh, as far as where Moon Knight fits into it, I think a lot of people have been talking about them doing a Midnight Suns storyline, mm-hmm. which I think would be unbelievable. Uh, I think my biggest issue with the Midnight Suns, for those who might not know, uh, it's basically like a, a street-level Avengers gang that is led by Doctor Strange. I feel like that might not fly as well in the Marvel Universe. They might have to adjust some things. because like cool right now, I, It is a cool idea, but like right now, I can't see like God-level Stephen Strange yeah. being like, oh, do you know what I should do? I should lead a, lead a bunch of vigilantes <laughs> on the streets yeah, and clean up crime. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, but, but like they're, they're building to those characters because Moon Knight is there. Blade is going to be there. He was introduced at the end of Eternals, kind of. Yeah. We have, uh, was it Black Knight is, uh, is who Kit Harington is, I think. Um, it doesn't I think sound right. I, uh, Kit Harrington, Black Dark, Knight. Dark, Dark Knight, Black, was, Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Batman. Rises. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's. Yo, Dark Batman's Knight. a great movie, by the way. Yeah. Why isn't Batman in the Marvel movies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's bl- uh, Black Knight. Black Knight. Gotcha. Uh, but like, uh, and I think that they might throw Daredevil in there, which, by the way, the Echo Show has begun filming. I saw that. Yeah. So that's. I saw. I saw people were pretty upset about that. That they didn't choose other characters to to, like um. The Defender uh, characters, you mean? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really watch those shows, so I don't well, really know anything about it. Well, it's weird. There, I don't know if you had seen the tweets uh, a couple months ago, but like, there was this weird thing where uh, I'm assuming you know about like all the Netflix Marvel shows. Yeah, so I, like Iron yeah. Fist. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 Luke Cage. Jessica Luke Jones. Cage. Yeah. Fuck, that was the name I couldn't remember. Uh, well, Jessica Jones. It's it, as far as canon goes, it's in this weird purgatory because I like the shows reference what happened in the movies, but the movies never referenced the show so they were this gray area of purgatory where like they're canon if you want them to be yeah they're i mean the shows are just so like and i i didn't jessica jones and and daredevil probably got like a like a bigger scale but like like iron fist and luke cage were so like like street level like gritty just like they were like interesting stories like i i watched them when i was younger so i wasn't like like super into like the whole like I don't know it was a cool Marvel story to me at the time yeah. yeah I was just like I was enjoying it I thought I it was just, pretty cool I Iron Fist was just terrible in yeah. my opinion I just I couldn't looking back at it Iron yeah. Fist was was god awful actually I w- Tyler just rewatched like the, the Defenders because he like fell in love with Daredevil he watched all of Daredevil he's like oh there's Daredevil and the Defenders I have to watch the Defenders yeah. I was like dude don't watch the Defenders <laughs> and he like Iron Fist was so bad Danny Rand was done so dirty but like the, it is in this weird thing of uh, Purgatory where uh, like you know. Uh, 
Disney gets the rights to those Netflix shows back. And so people are like, oh, like Disney has the rights. Like they're going to be canonized again. And people like weren't so sure. And then uh, Charlie Cox comes back in Spider-Man No Way Home to play Matt Murdock again. And they're like, oh, like, like this is definitely it. Like he, he's back. He's canon. And uh, even the actors, Vincent D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox are saying like, oh, we don't know if we are playing continuations right. or new versions of the character. Because you can make the argument easily that the kingpin who shows up in Hawkeye is not the same guy because yeah. he's so different, even though Vincent D'Onofrio, again, powerhouse actor. Yeah, so good. His Wilson Fisk is one of the greatest villain performances out there. Yeah. He's so good. But, like, like there was this whole issue, and this is where my long point will end. <laughs> there was this issue where, like, on the official Marvel, like, character page or, wh- or whatever, uh, someone, like, had updated it to include Matt Murdock and, like, mm-hmm. all the Defenders. And people were like, oh, like, here it is on the official Disney website. Like, it's officially canon. Yeah. And then after, like, there was a big, like, like viral thing of it, Disney removed it. So, mm. like, they are in this, like, gray area purgatory of are they canon or are they just Yeah, not? I think, like, if I if I were them, like, and and I know they don't make... They're, they're not supposed to make decisions, like, just off, like, what the fans want. Of like, course. They, they to make... If you were Kevin Feige. Yeah, if they were... Like, I would just, like... Like, just bring, like, Daredevil and those characters back. Like, that that's the show that's had the most success. Like, that's what... Yeah. And don't, like... Like, I, I mean, he's not going to be, like, a, like a galaxy-level, like... Like, say... Like, Daredevil was never going to fight Thanos. Yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> so you don't have to include him. Like, like I thought there is no way home, like appearance was perfect i was the second i saw his hand holding the white cane yeah i i was so happy yeah no it was it it was a great addition um and you don't need to do anything more than that like like uh, like i don't know but yeah just like i wouldn't bring in like all the other defenders like Mm -hmm. it's just like just leave them out yeah like just you put them on disney plus like it's there but you don't need to like bring everyone in like people like people won't care if you like don't bring them in. Like yeah. It's not like a huge deal. But like e- even then, I know that they're trying to bring things back. Like I, I, I they just need to make like a definitive statement, I think, because I, I think it's weird to leave that in the gray area. Mm-hmm. Like I think they need to definitively say like, oh, this is canon or this isn't. Like as a fan, like I wouldn't care either way because I know that they're planning to take some of the more successful characters and bring them back. Like Charlie Cox is is back and he's heavily essentially confirmed to be in the Echo show. Yeah. Uh, you know, Vincent not D'Onofrio as Kingpin is back. No shot he dies in the end of Hawkeye. Yeah. Like, oh, clearly no, absolutely they, not. They yeah. show that gunshot off screen for a reason. Yeah, no shot. And there are heavy, heavy, heavy rumors uh, that the Punisher will be returning for the Armor Wars series. What's that actor's name again? Uh, Joe, John, he played Shane. In the oh, 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 John, Joe, John, John, John Brenthal, Brenthal, Brenthal. Yeah, I love him. He's so good. He, dude, he, I, is I should watch the Punisher. Great. I, I watched the oh, first. Oh, you should. Yeah. You watch season one. Se- season two is not that good. I remember I, when season it came out originally, I watched the first couple episodes and I enjoyed it, but I have one of my toxic traits is I just don't finish shows like yeah. all the time. Yeah, just leave it. Um, but I'll, I'll get back to that. I, cause I love jo- John Brenthal or whatever his name is. Yeah. John, Bur- John Brenthal. He was so good in Punisher. Yeah, but he's, uh, yeah, so he's there, there's a rumor that he's gonna be back in the uh, the, the it, not the Ironheart series, the Armor Wars series with Don Cheadle. Which also, I heard that that Ooh. might feature uh, Justin Long coming back as Justin Ham, not Justin Long, that Justin Hammer uh, played by Sam Rockwell. I don't know why I said Justin mm. Long. Can you imagine Justin Long in the MCU? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sam Sam Ra- Rockwell coming back as Justin Hammer. 
Um, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Let's talk about Moon Knight. Let's talk about Moon Knight. <laughs> Again. <laughs> we really, oh, we're so good at derailing. Yeah. I, I we're mean, so good at we not just talk, staying man. on topic. We just talk. That's what we do. Um, I want to talk about Oscar Isaac a little bit. Please. I, I he's, think a, he's great. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows he's an incredible actor. I think yeah. he, he's he's gotten to the point, um, especially because of Star Wars, mm-hmm. where he's he's kind of just like a household name when it comes to Hollywood actors. Yeah, he's there. Um, and it's it's well deserved because he was he's he's one of the the him and, and Adam Driver are a couple of the few shining moments in the sequels. Oh, yeah. um, they put in some great performances. Um, and, and Oscar Isaac is, is fantastic in just about anything he does. Um, but to see his, his acting chops in Moon Knight is, is something. Because, I mean, if, if you're living on a rock and you haven't watched Moon Knight, like, essentially, the, the, he has to play, like, two completely different characters, like, two completely different accents. And there's a couple parts where you see him switch from Steven to Mark. Steven, dime. Yeah. Steven's, like, this, this bitch... Uh, <laughs> British bitch. bitch British boy um and and Mark is this like badass uh I don't not British guy <laughs> like and and there's a scene where he just like he just like switches from from I think it's Mark to Steven yeah and you see his his facial expression like just completely like, change yeah. and his eyes like ease up to Steven's eyes and it's like wow that's like really impressive uh, he is so like physically into it and like you genuinely believe that he is two different people Oh, it's yeah. it's far easier now in this last episode where tiny spoiler, uh, both of them are kind of in this like semi dream sequence together, and they're mm-hmm. actually physically talking to each other instead of sharing one body, and you a hundred percent believe that you f- two different men. You forget that you're watching yeah. Oscar Isaac, a uh, household Hollywood name actor. Yeah. Like you're f- you forget that you're watching him. It's it. And not many guy- people can do that. And what am I? I'm ex- excited for is the fact that uh, it's two personalities, but only two that they've shown so far. There, right. be- there's been some heavy hinting towards a third. Yeah. Uh, well, there's only been two heavy hints so far, but it's it's there. there that would be a like lot the of comics. Fun. There's like this weird. Uh, his I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna do anything like the comics. I actually enjoy when they uh, differ from the comics. But in the comics, his third personality is a cab driver. <laughs> I forget his name. I think it's Jacob. I could be totally wrong. I just want to see a new Moon Knight outfit. The yeah. Moon Knight, the Moon Knight outfits are so sick. Yeah, I need to see a new I like Lego. It. <laughs> and interesting enough, I- in the comics, uh, Stephen Grant or the personality of Stephen Grant is like a multi-millionaire. Wow. And so it's a, they've really made him pathetic for this one. Yeah. Ethan Hawke is really good though. Oh this. yeah, I I like the. Uh, like the Waco esque mm-hmm. uh, cult leader thing that he's yeah, leading it's into. Yeah, it's cool. I saw a lot of report today that apparently it was Ethan Hawke's idea uh, to have him do the broken glass in the shoe. Uh, I don't know how accurate that is, or if the yeah. people are just doing that for like uh, you know online clout. But yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Would not be surprised. Like you always forget how good of an actor he is. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna he's be in a, a really good horror movie called The Black Phone. He's uh, he's in the Northman. He's really good. I I saw he was in the Northman. How yeah. was he? He's unbelievable. Nice, so good. There's there's a uh, there's definitely a couple moments in that movie where it it takes you out, but in a good way because you realize you're like, wow, this is like such good acting. Like this is unbelievable. <laughs> and Ethan Hawke has a couple of those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and speaking of moments like that, uh, that moment in Moon Knight, like. I was like watching it and it completely took me out of the show because I was like, wow, that's so impressive. Yeah. And like, that's like a good thing, honestly. Like, props to Oscar Isaac. Um, yeah. Not much else to say about Moon Knight, though. Yeah. Great uh, show. Totally recommend. We have just hit midnight, JB. Uh, are you feeling a quick Star Wars discussion? Do you want to save that for the next time? 
that's a great question. Let's 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 talk about Lego Star Wars for for a few minutes. Just a few minutes. Um, I mean, like I, it's there's it's unbelievable. It's (laughs) it's just so. Oh, that's I. I will say that like building up to this game, uh, they had to live with the fact that like they were building a sequel to one of the most iconic video games ever made, the complete saga which came out when we were very very young is it, it is timeless. I could I I couldn't tell you how many times I've just like I've been bored and I've just like downloaded that game on Xbox. And you just get back into it. Yeah, just get back into yeah. it, play the, play the whole story mode again over again. Like and like the, it, the nostalgia factor is unreal. It never goes like away. I Oh my god! Like I used to, I used to put so many hours onto that game on the GameCube. I don't think I'd be like as in depth of a Star Wars fan as I am now if it wasn't for that game. Oh yeah, like yeah, like not. I watched the movies and I liked the movies, but like that game made me a huge Star Wars. That's fan. a great point, actually. Right? I don't like, think I would because like, like think of it, think about how much lore you're introduced to in that game as a kid. Like, yeah. oh, this is a character. His name is this. Oh, he actually does this, and you like yeah. start looking stuff up and you start learning. Definitely. Like, oh, oh, this is called the Jumlin Wastes. Oh, this yeah. is called this. You learn the terminology. You yeah. learn so much damn that's a great point that's a great point and I, I like i used to collect these things called the tactics when i was little um and i now that i actually think about it i think like i think that game like is like the sole reason why i'm so obsessed with star wars yeah right, because here. because like i just got obsessed with collecting like all the different characters in the game <laughs> and i needed to have all of them and i was like so like hell-bent on like getting every character um, and then it was like the same, like I started collecting like action figures and these things called the tactics where it was like, uh, I don't even know. It was, it, but I like, Oh, was that the game that came with it? Was it like a dice game or might've been, it was like a thing that you like, line, or this is what I did. At least this is how I played. I would line them up like against each other. Yeah. I would line up like the empire versus like the, the rebellion. Um, and then you like move them towards each other and then they like some of them can like shoot bullets and then if you're a lightsaber you can like spin them and it'll like jerk forward and you can you try to like hit them off and like like knock them over as a kid i loved it um but yeah i think that was i think that lego star wars the complete saga was what got me into or Mm -hmm. yeah the complete saga was what got me into star wars it was just it's such a great game so great and and i think the skywalker saga i only have one um, it's only one con that I can think of, which I'll get to later. Yeah, but it does it. It does such a good job at like making it a completely new game, but also giving you that nostalgia factor. Mm. It it balances that line perfect because you're because if it was if it was the same game, like it would be like pretty boring. It would be pretty boring, yeah, especially like, like with all the things that they had to re up. Like if you released a game in the year 2022 where you could win every fight by spamming X, dreadful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like if and le- like the complete saga it's not like an expansive game at all. Like it's you yeah, can no, it's relatively. But like yeah. the Skywalker saga is literally open world. Yeah. Like it it's like I I walked around Cloud City for like 4 hours the <laughs> other day. Like I was like I wasn't Seeing even everything. I wasn't even doing like the side missions. Like I wasn't collecting Just kyber bricks. I was like I was walking around as an Ewok, just like gliding over the place. Like I would climb buildings and then just glide down. I did that for literally four hours. It was like I was like afterwards. I was like, "What the hell am I doing with my life?" <laughs> you said that. Uh, you said the uh, one con. Uh, let's dig into that. What is it? My one con mm-hmm. is, and I don't mind that they did this, but 
my one con is in the story mode, they they pick and choose what parts of the story they want to include. Yeah. And and they they show like uh Lego Star Wars is like they, they do this thing where they show like a bunch of clips mm. um like while you're playing comedic, and like, yeah. like in between yeah and in between like uh like different missions. Um and and some of the like some uh, there were some parts where I was like, damn, like I wish I could like play that. Mm. And then they kind of just like brush over it real quickly, like, just like in a clip, the, it, it, or a clip, or just one of the like the side missions that don't count as levels. Yeah, like and it's like through. it's like that was, a, that was an important part of the movie. Like I wish I could play that as that character. Mm. Like that would be kind of fun. Um, but I understand that. Like you, you, you can't, you can't have everything. You, yeah, you yeah. can't have everything. Like that's a good point. But like, you know, it is what it is. I, I think my main qualm comes with the fact that like hundred percenting the complete saga was like it was meaningful yeah. and i i'm not really feeling the same thing and i i am a completionist a completionist with games that i really really like mm-hmm. i'm not feeling the same way about 100 percenting this game and it, it is due to a lot of like the structure changes where like the old one like clearly like the levels are are everything in terms of getting 100 percent. and now in this one the open world and like quick side missions are a bigger percentage of it yeah and, and i know that's what like what those games have become because in the Lego Marvel one, which I, I loved, which was just like the open world of New York city. Mm-hmm. Like it was the exact same thing where a vast majority of the content was just after you beat the story, you go around New York, you do side missions. Right. And I think I enjoyed it there. I, I don't know why I'm not feeling the same way about it here. The side missions aren't, they, they're, they're pretty like unimportant. Yeah. Like, like not to the game, but like just in general, like, like it could be like helping someone find like a, I don't know, like a, pizza like it, it's yes. just something stupid like that but like i get what, i totally get what you're saying because mm-hmm. like and there's also so many of them like it 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 takes a ridiculous amount of time to 100 percent this game what, what, what is the amount of kyber bricks there are is it 1100 it, it's it's a stupid amount like it that. is a stupid amount there's yeah. like so many and it, it's i think i i love i love the game because of this um because I am also completionist, <laughs> um, but I like the idea that it's like not easy. The story mode itself is like really easy, just yeah, like yeah. fighting people and whatnot. But like the fact that it takes like such a long time and it's like such a commitment, it's like kind of nice. Like they put they 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 delayed the game like for so long. They rightfully put, so. They yeah. put so much damn time into this game. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't want to have it any other way. To be honest, like mm-hmm. I I'm I'm kind of glad that it's so expansive that there's just so much that you can do in it. And and I'm glad that like that part of video game culture is getting better. Like uh, uh, the first example I think of is Cyberpunk, like a game <laughs> that gets delayed a million times, and then people like get irrational, and some fans send death threats when yeah. delays come. So people release the game after all this time, and when they do, clearly it needs so more. many bugs. So yeah. that's why every time they announced a delay, like I I was completely fine with it. I'm like I want this to be. Correct, and I think one of the biggest compliments that I could give this game is that after playing it, probably not as long as you, but I probably logged like close to thirty hours of it. Yeah. Uh, after playing this game for that much time, I can tell that it was made by people who care about the subject matter. It was made definitely. by people who cared about the final product. Yeah, definitely. And like that is what really separates for me. Even though I I don't rank it anywhere close to the original game, mm-hmm. like it is such a great spiritual sequel. Yeah. No, I, I I agree. It's it's all in the little details with with games like this. It's it's all in like the little dialogue things. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like they cared enough to to 
put the extra time and effort in to like make this random character in the game that you don't even have to talk to like, <laughs> say this. And it's like yeah. it's a com- it's it, like it'll be a complete like callback to like something said in the in the movies. Exactly. Um and you're like, "Oh, that's like really nice." Like it it, it mm. shows that they care, which is really nice. It is. And uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, I have this uh, friend uh Tori. Shout out Tori. I know he listens to this podcast Shout regularly. out Tori. Uh he was talking about how uh like in one of the clips they released, like you could see Yaddle as a playable character. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, they're going so into it that like Yaddle is playable. <laughs> can you imagine, can you imagine telling yourself like years ago that Yaddle would be playable one yeah. day? And uh, w- we love uh, those like classic robot chicken uh, things that I sent you. Oh yeah. Uh, the robot chicken had several like star Wars exclusive episodes and it was back when it was only one through six. So all the jokes are exclusive to one through six. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Like comedy. Highly recommend it. But one of our fa- favorite uh, skits of that was Yariel Poof. Uh, they had like three skits about Yariel Poof being the least important member of the Jedi Council. Like <laughs> the joke the joke is that like they always send him out to do like dumb stuff. Like when Order 66 happened, they sent him out to go get pizza. Like like dumb <laughs> stuff like that. And like uh, so we were saying like uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, we were at a bonfire. Like, you know what? I will say that they cared about this game if they make Yariel Poof a playable character. Yeah. Guess who is a playable Jedi <laughs> in <laughs> the Skywalker saga? There's Mr. so many characters. There's so many characters. The f- like literally the second I got the game, I like went to the whole character list to check and I sent him a picture. I was like, look who's playable. That's awesome. Look who it is. That's the best. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, they they put a lot of time. It's so expansive. So mm. many characters you can play. So many ships you can fly. So many planets you can fly to. So many fucking places. I I like the idea that they added uh, like a space, yeah, as- yeah, the space aspect. aspect to it. Like you can yeah. when you fly to a planet, you can land at the planet, or you can just fly around space. Mm. Um, and there's even a, at a lot of planets, there's like different missions you can do in space yeah. as well, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's just so much you can do. Yeah, and some of it just it seems a little formulaic. Like, yeah, like the the start of the story, the first start of the story you take down is cool, but then when you like run into another one for like the the fifth or sixth time, you're like, oh, it's just the yeah, it's true. just the same thing over and over again. True. But like again, like having that aspect is nice because in the original sip, ship collection, like, who cared about it? You yeah, know? yeah. Like this definitely. one, you kind of have to because you can now like ride them, trick them out, like do cool stuff like that. Yeah, I there is this there's there's this one Kyber brick and uh, on Kashyyyk. Yeah, <laughs> I spent like forty five minutes trying to get, and it was like, like it, it, there's a lot of different ways you can get like a lot of different kyber brick, kyber bricks, and this one, in particular, I thought the best way of doing it was to climb a tree nearby mm. and then uh, use like a scavenger to glide into the kyber brick, which is just like in the air. Yeah, and I spent forty five <laughs> minutes trying to climb this damn tree. And it got to the point where I, like, I wasn't blinking, like, I wasn't breathing, like, I was, like, you're just so focused, in. and then I just quit. I <laughs> got, I, I got so mad, I was, like, fuck this, like, I'm turning off the game. Like, I literally rage quit Lego Star Wars. <laughs> that's Man, when you, that's, that's when you know. That's tough. Like, that's such I mean, a I, bad I look. Use, I use the droid <laughs> exploits so much, just, like, the fact that, uh. Any force character could make any droid go anywhere they want, and, like, you could use that to collect bricks. I've used that a ton. Yeah. <laughs> Is it cheating? No, because you could do it. Like, <laughs> what what girl is going to want to date a guy who rage quits Lego Star Wars? Duh, like, I mean. <laughs> Yikes. Hey, man, it's me. Hey, it's man, me. You're, you're, you're putting that out there. It's me, you're putting brother. it out there. It's me. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Exactly. I, I, again, like, just go back about how this game was made by people who cares. Like, just the fact that, like, 
There are prequel memes inserted everywhere, but there's also like really like great sequel comedy content, like mm-hmm. they making their own jokes about the sequels. Oh I, yeah, they do. They do, and they do a great job. <laughs> they do such a good I, job. I enjoy the Lego sequels more than I enjoy or Lego Rise of Skywalker more Absolutely. than I enjoy the actual movie. One of my favorite planets in in this game is Octo. I think it's like it's the, cool. The music it is, is cool. really soothing. And like you even said the same thing about uh, Cantonica. Yeah, true. Can't yeah. can't bite Cantonica. It's, Cantonica, yeah. It's uh it's it yeah, it's a very fun planet to go mm-hmm. around. Um a lot of different alleyways and, and places that you can explore, which is cool. You know, and again, great great moment where I, I, I will defend this uh this hot take that uh well, the best female Star Wars character is uh, is Paige Tico. I will defend <laughs> that take. And she it Lego it Lego her had great moment. Yeah. Great moment. <laughs> I, 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 you you want to say something positive about the sequels? That's what I'll say about the sequels. Yeah. Paige Tico. She had three minutes of screen time and she fucking used it. Hell yeah. I'm uh yeah, I'm you're hitting your limit. I'm pretty ready to yeah, call it. Dude, a night. it is nearly twelve thirty. I think it's, that, it's uh, past my bedtime. It is far past my bedtime. Look at that. We just hit an hour. That's Hell perfect. Yeah. All right, everybody, we're gonna call it there. Uh, that was Force Code. I'm Drew. That's JB. Hope you have a lovely night.